Right? I feel so bathed. <laughs> That's your intro. Oh, I'm going to put that in 100%. That's beautiful. Oh, I can, I just, yeah, there must be a frequency or something. That, yeah, they all know? have different, and there's four different ones that you can get. They they um, have different elements. This is air. Um, this I'm an air sign. But you can get fire, earth, and water. And they all have different frequencies. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, I need to get myself some koshi bells. Yes. Just for <laughs> stressful moments and moments of peace too. Non-stressful mm-hmm. moments, right? Hello and welcome, Lisa, to the podcast. How are you? Hi, Rosie. I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I met you a year ago, maybe? For your first course. The first five-day challenge. The first five-day challenge, yes. For the first launch of Radical Songwriting Academy. Yes. Which happens, okay, maybe January, so almost a year. So tell us, where are you right now? Where are you? I'm in Ontario, Canada. I'm about an hour outside of Toronto. Uh, I just moved to a, kind of a rural area. I'm about 20 minutes from a city centre, but I'm, I'm, I have horses across the street. I have, If I look out my window, I can see alpacas. I'm on an alpaca farm. <laughs> Like an actual Disney movie when you look out your window. Kind of. <laughs> Lisa, you're, I love your music. I love your songwriting. And I feel like because you've been through the Academy and the challenges and stuff, that I've got to know your music really well. So for anyone listening who doesn't know your music or hasn't heard any of it, if you could boil down your whole approach to songwriting as an artist, what would that look like if it was sort of like boiled down to its essentials I think essentially it's about being really open to what wants to come out and not trying to fit it into any kind of a format or um, a shape or formula or anything like that not questioning it as it's coming out um, and what in my very first band years ago uh, we had a review that said that we were genreless and that there's like there was all kinds of different influences and that they couldn't really pinpoint what we were. And I feel like um, I have like a kind of a leaning towards more acoustic sounds and um, kind of indie folk. I have a leaning towards that, like I love that kind of music, but also that's not always what comes out of me. Uh, and I don't know when I sit down to write a song, what's going to happen necessarily. It's just, I just, I let, I open the faucet and whatever happens, I let it happen. Uh, whatever I'm influenced by, which can be anything, can be other, other people's music. It can be neat, the trees outside my window. It can be my cat. It can be my friends, whatever. And has it always felt like that for you? Is that something that's developed as you have developed as a songwriter or has that real like open the faucet or the tap, as we would say, open the tap and see what comes out? Has it always been your approach? I had a really, really positive introduction to uh, songwriting with uh, the first band that I worked with, um, which was in Nova Scotia. And uh, there were uh, five, five of us and then it grew, I think, to seven of us. And we had the most synergistic relationship and we were all in tune with one another and we never had an, a creative argument or disagreement of any kind. Um, and 
songwriting felt, it felt very much like that. Like there was a flow. It was my friend and I who were the main songwriters and we felt very uh, connected. Um, there were times where she would go uh, into the kitchen and I'd be still in the living room. And then I would be, I'd come up with something for a song and then she'd be in there coming up with something for a song. And then she came in, she's like, I got something. And I'm like, Oh, I have something too. And they would fit together. There were, we would laugh how many times that would happen. Um, so I felt like with other people, I was able to do that, but I felt like I, I had a limiting belief for many, many years that I could do that on my own, that I needed to do that with other people. And that stayed true for me for many years until I found your course actually. (laughs) So where was the point that you realized it was indeed a limiting belief and wasn't something you had believed was true? When did I figure out it was a limiting belief? In your course. Right. Wow. So, but there must have been something before then that brought you, there must have been something in you that was still questioning that. Yes, I was questioning it. I was questioning it. And I, and there was always a, I always had a hope that, okay, someday I'm going to write my own songs because I feel music bubbling up in me all the time. Um, and sometimes people even assume like people have assumed that I have anxiety because I'm always like, my foot's always going or I'm mo- some part of me is always moving. And, and, uh, I've had people being like, are you really anxious right now? And I'm like, Oh no, I just have like a full on song going like seven piece band going on in my head right now. Last <laughs> um, and every now and again, I would write a song just by myself. Um, and then, uh, and then more often than that, I would write a verse and then I'd get second verseitis and then not mm-hmm. finish it and think, well, I need some co-writers to finish this song. Um, and I thought, I thought that, that I was unique in that way, that, I, that other songwriters probably just were able to just write a song and it would come out in its entirety or without too much effort. Like I know Leonard Cohen would say that he, he took two years to write a song sometimes. So I, I knew some, some things like that, but I assumed that I wasn't really a songwriter on my own. Mm-hmm. With other people, yes. I was fully confident that I could co-write. But mm-hmm. it took a lot of time and a lot of talking to other songwriters and um, being within your course and hearing a lot of other songwriters. And I took a couple of other courses, songwriting courses too, and hearing other songwriters talk about those roadblocks that they've come up against, like second versitis, like, like you know, they, they get the chorus and they can't get the verses and they have to sit with it or they have to do so many different kinds of exercises before they can get to the rest of the song. And I just didn't really know what people's processes were. I only knew what, you know, my band did (laughs) or me and my, my friends and I did. You started with this band and it was so deeply intuitive. It was like, you just felt each other's vibe and you were just, maybe even at times weren't too sure how it was happening, but it was happening really well. And then when you move over to writing on your own, it starts to become apparent that maybe that intuition is just found in different places. It's all there. It's the same intuition, but it's maybe found in different places. But by taking a course or diving deeper into your musicality and your musicianship, which you own as, as, a, as a practitioner of music, that no other person can really help develop other than you, you got to put that work in. When you start to have both of those things, 
then that I talk about the bridge between your intuition and your musicianship. And that's the theory and the chords and the melody and having a bit more of um almost like a slight more of an intellectual understanding of what's actually going on musically so that you can dip back into your intuition and bring a bit of the magic of that back up into that space. And there's this beautiful dance between the two. And I feel like your story encapsulates that perfectly. It is a beautiful dance. Uh, it's a it's a very nourishing dance. It's my favorite place. It's my favorite dance <laughs> to be in. <laughs> I, I I feel blessed. I feel I feel blessed and grateful that I get to to dance that dance. That's a part of my life. That you seem to have made this transition, and it's fully a transition. It's not just oh I'm not still not. It's like this is my creativity. So if you think back to then versus now. So your whole approach to songwriting, what's changed? It's it's really been an epic journey on many levels. It's not just about songwriting. It's about um, it's about life. It's about learning to be human. It's about um, being a spiritual person. It's um, it's it's about learning to be my uh, most authentic self. I think is what is at the core of it. And, and that has taken me a long time. And, um, I didn't have a lot of people when I was a kid to teach me about this kind of thing, about, you know, about authenticity, about, um, um, the importance of being attuned to your own joy, uh, and your own light. And so I was for many years felt like I had to, be concerned with other people's happiness more than my own. And so because I didn't have a lot of anyone really, when I was growing up telling me to focus on what I want, uh, cause it's my life. I'm other people are going to come and go in life. And it's most important that you are aware of what brings you joy and you follow that joy because I didn't have anyone to tell me that it took me a lot longer to figure that out. Um, it took, you know, it took amazing friends and learning from them. It took like reading lots of books, um, a lot of meditating. Uh, you know, I went through a really uh, dark period where I really lost touch with myself, with who I was. And I was, uh, I was in a deep depression for, uh, several years. And it was like climbing a mountain with my fingernails to get out of that. And I've learned a lot going through that experience and really did come through to the other side to find my light and my joy and my authenticity. And that, um, that is, if, if I am that, if I'm shining my brightest light, if I am, uh, in my deepest truth and joy, that is the best thing I can do for everyone around me as well. So it's this, it's, it was this false belief that I have to give all this energy to making other people's, make sure that other people are okay and content and, um, pleasing other people. Uh, you can't really do that when you're not connected with yourself and you're not okay. <laughs> can't. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you find that your songwriting practice, there's a direct correlation between those two things? Uh, for sure. I went to really uh, deep, I went to some serious depths of my self-exploration throughout all of that. And, um, that informs everything I do. It informs who I am and informs my songwriting for sure. 
um, I feel like in my songs, uh, this isn't always true, but I, there, there are a lot of songs where I feel like I want to sh- share some essence of joy. I want to share some essence of the light that we have or the light we can share in the world because I think so many people are not connected to that. And so if somehow I can crack a little window open (laughs) for someone else, you know, I wouldn't wish where I was on anyone. So if there's any way that I can help to, to bring a little bit of light to somebody through my music, that's everything to me. What you said about authenticity, and I, one of my questions was going to be, how would you explain what authenticity is? And you actually explained it really beautifully about being in your, shining your own light and stepping into your own power and your own space, essentially. I feel like there's a lot of songwriters that can almost visualize and see that for themselves. It's not clear. It's like a fuzzy thing on the horizon. And the concept of writing a song to connect with another person for some people is so distant as an idea. It's it's literally like, I never even thought that's how I could use music. One of the things I have always enjoyed about your being in as part of these online communities with Be Radical Make Music is you're so supportive in such a just naturally beaming way. So the comments that you will leave have this beautiful like mix of you standing up and saying, I do this because I love it and it's part of me and it's what I'm always going to do. And through that, it's exactly like you said, then you're being there for other people. You're essentially giving yourself permission in a very open public way, which is giving other people permission. How do you balance that, I suppose, between you're doing it very much for you? How do you keep that in check? And how do you make sure you are putting yourself first in your creativity? I had to work on it. I had to work on it, honestly. Um, Meditation really helped to be able to hear the voices. Um, when When you're sitting and you're silent, you can hear those voices that you, they're going on in your head anyway, but you're not necessarily paying attention to them because there's so much distraction going on around you. You can really hear them. And so I was like, wait a second, who's that voice? That's not, that's not my voice. So I started questioning who that voice was. Who, where did, what was the source of that? Where did that come from? Came from societal conditioning, came from uh, somebody who cared for me as, an, as a child, came from someone else, not me. And I, I think that at, in my soul and in my heart, I am uh, an activist spirit because I, my wish is that everyone could thrive, that everyone could be in a position where they are okay. They have all their basic needs taken care of so that they can pursue the dreams that are in their heart and soul and that they can be okay. So I think that informs everything I do, not just my music. It informs all of my interactions with people. It informs my friendships. It informs everything. Um, especially having gone through really dark places. I want to be able to, you know, be more of a light. And I actually had a friend of mine give me a really uh, beautiful compliment this week where she said, I want you to know, like, you bring so much light when you come into a room. And you don't always know, right, what your impact is on people. And it was uh, such a beautiful thing to hear because that's what I hope. But I don't always know how I'm received. 
Um, so it was, it was really nice to hear that. And I think that comes, so it comes through in my communication with people it comes through in my songwriting. Um, there's so much dis-ease in the world and I don't, I want to contribute to the opposite of that. I want to contribute to feeding what joy is available for us in any given moment. Um, playfulness is really important. Um, being in touch with my inner child, your childlike self. Um, so just, and I, you know, I had to really practice all of this stuff, like coming out of a depressive mindset where your, your neural pathway is like really in a certain groove and you have to try to, um, get outside of that groove it takes a lot of work. Um, and then I've learned over time to be really present in the moment. And if there's a moment where there's, uh, an opportunity to be playful or to be funny or to like have an interaction where we can elevate the energy, be joyful, help someone feel seen. Um, I love that. It, like I get off on that. <laughs> we found each other across the internet, right? Um, and that's it, the joy of even though it's online, it's still powerful. It still happens. It's still connective. And you know, when we meet in person, it's just going to feel like we've always known each other anyway. So, how wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Lisa. Take care.